0: Where's it coming from?
1: Let's find out. Welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Morgana. And tonight we're welcoming Geraldine Sutton Stiff to our show. She's the author of Alien Legacy and The Kelly Green Men. She is the daughter and granddaughter of primary witnesses of the famous 1955 Kelly Hopkinsville UFO and entity sighting in Kentucky, I'm so excited to talk with her tonight because that is one of my favorite stories. It is a very classic UFO case from the 1950s. Hi, Geraldine. How are you doing?
2: Hi, Barbara. I'm great. Thank you all for having me on here. Well, Thanks for it's, coming. Thank you for coming. It's so oh, exciting. I appreciate y'all asking. It's great. Thank you. Always oh, so, say any day you can talk about the Green Men is a good day. Excellent.
1: except you said in your book they aren't green
2: so they're they were gray people know them as green so we just kind of stick with green but i know know the story no they were gray
1: well you know when the town is called kelly kelly green just rolls off the tongue and kelly gray does not and who knows maybe they they you know in the sunlight they might have been green just we don't know because they weren't in the sun. All right. So why don't you tell us the story? Because the way I read it when I was a kid, because I read about this when I was probably eight or nine years old. And it was my favorite story. And it was my favorite story probably because I identified with everybody in it. Because the story was is they were they were all together playing cards after getting together as a family and there were cousins and siblings and a grandmother and and everybody was there. And that's what my family did every weekend. We all got together and we had a, a good dinner and then the adults played cards and the kids went outside and played in the dark. Um, and uh, didn't break ourselves too often, but you know, we, we, we did have fun and there was always laughter and, and fun. And that's why I I really liked that story. Also, because the way everyone reacted was exactly how my uncles and cousins and grandmother and mother and father. Okay, my father is different. He was he was a city boy. So he would have stood back and been like, what is going on here? But the rest of them would have acted exactly the same. So (laughs) I totally identify with everyone in this story. So please tell the story for our
2: listeners if they have never heard of it. Okay, of course, everybody knows it happened in Kelly in 1955. Um, Now, the people that were there, let me get you straight with this, is uh, my grandmother who owned the farm. And she was a widow. So she was there with her three small children who were 12, 10, and 7 at the time. My uncle JC and his wife Eileen stayed with her to help her out there on the farm. Um, Opie Baker was also there. He was um, Eileen's brother. And he would often come there because for some reason he would catch a work from there. Now, I don't know where he worked or anything, but he would catch a work catch a ride to work from there. So he would come and stay there. And um, along comes my dad with his wife at the time, Vera, and their friends, Billy Ray and June Taylor. Now, the four of them were stationed in Evansville at the time because they worked with the carnival. And so they were so close to Kelly, which was about two hours away. So they decided to see if they could get away come home for the weekend, get some good cooking, you know, carnival food, you know, it was kind of sucky <laughs> so, you know, um, and see the family. So they were there that weekend. So you got 11 people in the house. Okay. Go forward to Sunday night. It was Sunday evening. My grandmother had went to church with the, and took the kids with her. They'd come home that eaten supper Um It was their last night of being there. So, you know, they were trying to make it a nice, quiet evening, enjoy what little time they had left. So some of the men were sitting around the table playing cards. Kids were playing, women cleaning up, and all that kind of thing. So anyway, they did not have indoor plumbing. So to get water, he had to go to the outdoor well. So Billy Ray decides to run out to the well to get some cold water. It was a hot, dry August that year. So he went out there to get it. And as he's out there getting the water... He hears something in the sky. Didn't recognize noise, so he looks up, and lo and behold, going across the sky is this oval-shaped object, silver in color, and he said having the colors of the rainbow flowing behind it. He didn't know what it was. We wouldn't know. So he goes running in the house. It kind of scared him, slams the door behind him, and tells everybody, hey, I saw something out here. I don't know what it is. Tries to explain it. My grandmother says, well, listen, maybe it was just a shooting star. No, I know what that looks like. Well, maybe a meteor shower because we've been having meteor showers this month. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't none of those things. And he kept on and kept on. And my dad finally told us, listen, let's go back out there. You show me where you saw this at and tell me again what you saw. They walked out to the well. He pointed towards the sky, told him again. He's standing there. He tries to reason with him. And he tells him, you know, the same things that my grandmother said. And Billy, Billy Ray is telling my dad Lucky. That was my dad's nickname, Lucky. It was none of those things. I know what they look like. It was none of those. And my dad says, listen, there's nothing out here now. Let's just go back in the house. Enjoy what time we have left because we got to go back to work. They head to the house and as they're walking toward the house. Lo and behold, Coming out of the back of the woods is this little three, three-and-a-half-foot-tall bee. Um, big ears, big glowing eyes, huge head, arms almost touching the ground. And, you know, they seem to be floating on top of the ground. Well, they don't know what it is. We wouldn't. They go running in the house, slamming the door behind them. Of course, everybody stops what they're doing looks, and My dad says, there's something out here there really, really is. Well, my grandmother says now you two need to stop this because her thought was, and the rest of them too, was they were trying to scare the girls. You got to realize Billy Ray's wife was like eighteen or nineteen years old. They were they, these people were in their twenties, all of them, except for Opie. I think he was thirty, and um, that was her thought. You know, the guys have done got out there; they got this little plan to scare girls and my grandmother said hey listen you guys you got to stop i gotta get these kids in bed and you are not helping <laughs> well my dad kept telling saying, mom there's something out here i'm not lying and he kept on and everybody just laughed at him well it got serious when one grabbed the rifle one grabbed the shotgun one went to the front door and one went to the back So my grandmother thought well i got to get to the bottom of this so i'll go talk to billy ray so she goes to the back where billy ray went He's sitting back there against the back door and she's like squatting down beside him on the floor there and she says, Billy Ray, what (laughs) What did you see? And he told her, he says, Miss Glenny, I don't know what it was, but I hope it's something that you never have to see. So they're sitting there for a while and it's quiet and they can hear all the bantering going on in the house and stuff with the kids and everything. And it's not long before one comes around the corner of the house where they're sitting. Well, my grandmother sees it screams, falls to the floor. Everybody comes running and, you know, asks what's going on. So she tells them says there is something out here. I just saw it. About that time they hear a shot ring out in the front of the house, and they run in the front. My uncle JC shoots one through the window. Well, Billy Ray, I guess, he gets his big boy pants on by then. He runs out the front door, and as he's standing there, he's standing under this little stoop. And as he's standing there, this clawed hand comes down, trying to grab his hair. Well, my mm-hmm. Aunt Colleen just grabs him, yanks him back in the house. My dad runs out, points toward where it came from. There it sets. So he shoots it. He hears a hit. It 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 rolls and floats away. And somebody screams, there's one out in front of the big tree. They had these big maple trees in the front yard. And there was one sitting on a limb. So he turns, shoots, hits it. It falls to the ground, rolls, floats away. Well, they're coming from every direction. And they don't know what to do. They don't know what these things are. They're hitting them. These are country boys that could shoot by the time they could walk just about. So they're hitting these things. They're shooting them off the back fence. They keep getting them away from the windows, the doors, you know, and they don't know what to do. Okay. By this time you've got kids screaming and crying. The girls are about to lose it, especially June. And they don't know what to do. So my dad gets them together and he says, listen, he says, we're going to get away from here. We're going to get to Hopkinsville and we're going to get help. So he gets them to quiet, quiet down. And as they're sitting there, One goes across the tin roof, and you can hear its little talons going across the roof. Well, this really scares everybody. June's really about to lose it. The kids start crying again. My dad's trying to calm everybody back down. Finally, he gets them calmed down. He says, listen, let's just get quiet as soon as we can. We're going to hit the trucks and get to Hopkinsville. We'll get help. That was his thought. Get help. So they get quiet again. There's nothing coming up to the windows or doors. They don't hear anything else. And he says, let's go. So they hit the trucks, head to Hopkinsville, which is about seven miles from where they live. Get there to the police station. One little officer on duty. Of course, this is 1955. You don't have to have a whole castle of you know, police officers back then in Hopkinsville. And um, they're, here you got 11 people from the ages of seven to 50, running in in the middle of the night, something's happened. They're trying to explain. They're hysterical. The police officer trying to quiet them down and, you know, asks them, you know, can you just tell me what happened? And they're all trying to tell him. And he's like, little man attacked your farm. And my dad's telling him, you do not understand what we're trying to tell you. So he finally says, "Listen, let me call the chief." So he calls Chief Russell Greenwell, and the chief tells him, "says Listen, keep them there. Call Fort Campbell, which Fort Campbell Army Base was down the road from Hopkinsville. So call Fort Campbell, call the paper, call Madisonville to see who you all oh, you can get there because you know everything was pretty close, and let's." Let's, let's get back out there. So by the time it's all said and done, you've got this whole caravan of cars and trucks going out to itsy bitsy little Kelly <laughs> in the middle of the night. Of course, it's pitch black dark. They didn't have uh, street lights or anything back then. I mean, I think the population of Kelly was maybe 50 back then in sparse farms, you know, spread out. So, you know, there wasn't, you know, a lot going on. So they pull up. And um, uh, one of the police cars notices that there is a glowing substance on the back fence. So, of course, that's one of the first things they did when they got out was run to that back fence. And as soon as they had come up to it, the glow would go away. But they noticed when they would back off from it, they could see the glow again. But there was clear evidence something happened because you got shotgun and rifle shells all over the ground, all over the inside of the house. Woodworking windows shot up, screens, holes through them. Something happened here, but no bodies, no blood, no guts, no gore of any kind to show what they had shot. So they searched the house. They searched, you know, everything that was around there. Didn't find anything. The chief went to my grandmother and said, Miss Glenny, I'm sorry, but there's nothing here. We can't help you. So they left. So my grandmother was left there with everybody, and she gets the kids calm back down, gets them to bed. She goes and lays down in her bed. My dad gets beside her in the rocking chair with a shotgun across his lap. And they're tired physically, mentally, wore out. And so she's lying there and she opens her eyes and looks toward the window. And there it is again. One little oh, baby. God. So she's thinking, well, I'm just tired. That's all it is. She so closes her eyes, does it a second time. He's still standing there. Third time she does it, and that's still standing there. She screams at like, my dad, they're back. So they get up, start the battle again, try to keep them out of the house because they don't know what these things are there for. They're certainly not killing them. So, you know, what are they going to do if they were to let them in the house? So, you know, the only thing that these country boys knew to do was shoot first, ask questions later. So this went on till daylight. Daylight came. They left. The only thing they could think that saved them was the sun because they did notice if a light got turned on or they shined a light toward them, they'd back off. So that was her saving grace, the sun. Now, there was the people invasion because word got out and it got out quick. So you had people coming there. I mean, first thing, camping out in the yard, wanting to see the green well, they didn't call green men, wanting to see the little men come back, you know, they wanted to see whatever these things were. Um Of course, there were people coming there to interview them, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And it got so ridiculous. People were walking through the house, taking souvenirs, picking up stuff in the yard. It got really ridiculous. Um, My dad and them had to leave. They had to go back to work. So my grandmother was scared to death. She didn't know. Like I said, they didn't know what these things were for one. Two, why were they there in the first place? What did they want? She was scared. And she knew after my dad and Billy Ray left that there was going to be anybody there, but her and JC and Eileen and the three kids OP every once in a while. And they couldn't handle that. So she sold the farm in two weeks and moved into Hopkinsville into an apartment complex. So did JC and Eileen. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, I know this can be a hard story to, take in. But you gotta realize these were honest to goodness country folk that knew no better. My grandmother was religious and she wouldn't do anything that you know would would cause any harm on the family. Neither would my dad. You know, it hurt him to the core that people wouldn't believe him. And he knew that. And you know in fact that morning after the event, he set the family down and he told them no good could come of this. Says, Do not talk about it, let it go. Says, You're just gonna have to let it go because I heard him laughing last night, they were laughing at us, and so he knew no good would come of it. And that's the story. <laughs> you know, I the next morning, there was military there, and they were combing the grounds. There was stuff flying overhead, you know, and all the usual stuff. But they didn't do the proper protocol. They didn't rope anything off. They didn't take any samples anywhere. Um, there is, in fact, a bare spot back in the field where the thing landed. And, you know, they didn't do anything like they should have done. They just wanted to get rid of the story. Yeah. Yeah, when I read the story
1: and and I was interested to to read your version because the thing that jumped out at me that was different was that they had not been drinking. A lot of the stories repeated that they had been, but when you said that your grandmother was a church going lady and no, there was no drinking in the house, I was like, "Hmm, see, see." They were trying to discredit them by saying, Well, right. they must
2: have been drinking. Also, they, they w- tried to do. They tried to-, to discredit the family to get rid of the story, you know. And yeah, my grandmother didn't allow drinking around those kids. She was religious. She didn't. She wouldn't lie if you cut her arm off. That's the kind of yeah. person she was. And, uh, you know, it just didn't happen that way. And, you know, I get crazy stories from people about back then that want to not believe, you know. And then you get your people that do believe because they were there back then. And, you know, I've had people tell me, yes, I used to walk right through the spot where that thing landed, you know, to go fishing back in there or to go to the woods to hunt or something, you know. So you got people that know what happened, that know, you know, that know that was something there that night you know you've got um you know after the fact people did come forward and talk about lights and sounds they seen during the day that day and in fact that night there was lights going across the skies over several different towns till it got to kelly so you know something happened that night and that's what i tried to make people realize this family encountered something whether it be paranormal whether it be extraterrestrial this family encountered something
1: yeah clearly clearly i i liked that that they hadn't been drinking another thing that's always brought up well they worked for a carnival like that's mm-hmm. going to discredit them right At, I mean, and, and the fact that they they were farmers in Appalachia, that's also pulled out. Well, you know, Appalachians don't go to school and they're ignorant and blah, 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 blah. All the things that make me mad. Uh, so, and
2: still to this day. And still yeah. To this day yeah. We're yeah. stereotyped. We, yep. We, we wear shoes. We have teeth. We go to college. <laughs> barefoot, barefoot. Whole nine yards. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> You know, well, it's bad enough that I don't even have my native accent anymore because when I went to college, I was a journalism major and we were all told in, in, in a college in West Virginia, you should probably try to get rid of that. So I've not used my accent for so long that it just doesn't it dilutes it, it's it's gone um i have to be very very tired and it will come back if i try to bring i know if i try to bring <laughs> if you, it back if you get mad mom <laughs> if i get mad it'll come back and if i'm tired it'll come back um
2: wow. but
1: it it's pretty much gone i had somebody uh farmer from southern Ohio who was like right across the river from Kentucky and he said I had said something about being a redneck and he was like you are not and I was like yes I am I- I'm as Appalachian as you can be West Virginia is the only state that's completely Appalachian where there is yeah. no part of our state that is not flat either yeah it's yeah it's as Appalachian as it is you know mountainous and he was like you're West Virginian you can't be West Virginian you don't have an accent and I'm like well I did have one
2: (laughs) they beat it out of me
0: (laughs) I did have one You get teased for it. I moved here when I was 15, and I got teased for it in an English class. Really? Yeah. And that's That's in southeastern Ohio. Not, like, by everybody, but enough that I worked kind of hard to not have it as deeply as I used to. And I've been in Ohio for 16 years, which sort of leeches some of it. Right. Um, Yeah. Although people in Ohio are like, we don't have accents. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you,
1: do. Oh, you sound yeah. like you're from Ohio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
2: has their own little accent. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them are cool.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. We
2: should all be proud of them. Exactly.
0: And so hide them.
1: Yeah. I agree. You know, it's true. So I, like I said, I feel very, very close to this story because I remember reading it as a kid and being like, that is exactly what my 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 family would have done. Yeah. They they would have tried to shoot it, and then that wouldn't have worked, and then they would have tried to get help. Although they lived even yeah. farther away from you know, help than right. um, Kelly they would and Hopkins,
0: the next farm over probably. Yeah,
1: well, the next farm over probably would have heard shooting and and you know then. <laughs>
2: they did out. that was part of it too because actually the farmer that lived had the farm behind them um, they heard the commotion there was other neighbors that heard the commotion also but this one farmer he heard it and he thought well they're having trouble up there with the animals or something before the shots started because they could hear the i guess them carrying on before because you know I'm sure there was a lot of stuff going on that we don't understand.
1: Oh, I'm sure there was was hollering and and cussing for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, um, he heard them. And so he actually went and put his boots on, grabbed his flashlight, and was heading that direction. All of a sudden, the the gunshots started. And he thought, "Oh, oh, no, no, no. Walking across there and they can't see me. They might shoot me. Yeah. Exactly, sensible, whatever you know, whatever it is they're shooting at. So he turned around and hightailed it back into the house. And uh, so yeah, the neighbors were hearing the commotion, and um, uh, it was frightening for the community too. Because my mom, she lived down in the valley or whatever you want to call it back then with her first husband, and she actually had seven children back then. And she says it terrified them because the thought in the community there was why were they there and would they come back? And that fear there, you know, and I can see that, you know, you don't know what these little suckers are. We wouldn't today, you know, I've had people come up to me and tell me, you know, if I had something like that happen, I would just invite them in the house. Well, That's not out. a good idea. No, you wouldn't. Or I'd go out and shake their hand and Mm-mm. stuff like that. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, you wouldn't. You'd go back in the house, pee your pants first. Then you'd either hide or go get a gun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I Creepy, mm-hmm. glowing-eyed, giant-eared floating thing. No.
2: Yeah. And you shoot, it, don't you shoot it and it won't die. That's a horror movie. Yeah. That's when you run away. Exactly. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, you know, I've had people tell me all kinds of things, you know, that they would do. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> all righty then. Watch what you say because you might get what you wish for. People think
1: they would deal with things differently. But yeah. uh, I have seen some strange things i've I grew up that way, Morgana grew up that way. Our other host, who isn't here, Kendra, she's been seeing weird stuff. We've seen weird stuff together, and you don't know until you see it. and most of the time, and I've most of the time when I've seen things, there have been other people around. So I know that it's not just me having a hallucination. If right. it's a hallucination, everybody's having it at the same time. and when you see it the very first thing that happens is y- your brain stops because it is not part of normal reality right and so you just kind of stop and stare at it and then your brain tries to figure out what you're looking at and then if it's approaching you it, it's scary it's <laughs> exactly. horrifying exactly. i mean he, he could they could have been like little cute things you know they could have been little cute things but if they're floating (laughs) and their feet aren't touching the ground then that's not your brain just stops right there and goes why is it floating
2: right you know and I've had people ask me well did they notice if they if they had sexual organs and I'm like, I don't know if I'd be noticing that at that time. And I'm like, I don't think they were paying attention to that part of their body. <laughs>
1: you know? I, I, yes. Those claws, those
2: those yes, those gnarly, tally- yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: No, I ain't looking any farther
2: than that. You don't need to know after that. It's exactly just, you go know back in the house. <laughs> it's amazing some of the questions will get asked.
1: <laughs> you like, need not fear that question from us. We would never ask that because that's
2: just well, not you know, a- the drawings. Don't have that on there. It's because I didn't notice it, and so uh, who knows if they had anything down there.
0: Also, just, uh, I just, that's an uh, icky feeling for me for some reason that maybe I'm not very scientific to be slightly icked it's about a,
1: that. It, it's a prurient question, is what it is. Yeah.
0: I feel uh, odd
2: about that. Yeah. I, I felt odd when I asked that. that. I'll be honest with you. I
1: was so like, bad. oh,
2: okay. First time I've been asked that, I thought, oh, God. And I've been asked that two or three times over the years. It's not often that that question is asked. Well, that's good. But you know, when it when it is, when it is it's like, why do you want to know? You know.
0: Did anybody in your family ever talk about seeing anything else before or since? No. Or just,
2: I mean, I suppose that's enough for a whole lifetime, really. It was, and I do believe that if they had, they wouldn't talk about it because of the ridicule they went through back then. Yeah. Um, even today, you know, the three kids are still alive. Um, the two younger ones do not even, they don't even come close to wanting to remember it or thinking about it. Uh, the older one used to talk about it, but he's got to where he does. He's getting close to 80 now and he's got to where he doesn't talk about it anymore either. um, And I think part of the reason there is because he's becoming so forgetful about things and he's afraid to say, you know, he might mess it up or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I get that. I don't blame him. And he knows that I'm doing it and I'm carrying it on. And, you know, somebody's got to. It's too good of a story not. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So how did you find out? Well, um, how did I find out about this story? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It uh, was a long, long time ago. Uh, My parents kept this hid from us. They did not talk about it. Um, You know, I said that my mom had seven kids. Well, they didn't even talk about it. I don't know if they didn't talk about it because they were afraid to or they were told not to or what. But when my parents got together, you know, it was just something that was not spoke of. Found about it by chance found out about it by chance um, I'll never forget it I was like eight or nine years old it was Sunday afternoon and um, it was summertime and me and some of my younger siblings were in the living room watching cartoons on the old black and white TV and there was a knock at the door and I, I answered it and it was this man and woman and they were dressed in nice clothing like they'd just been to church and Want to talk to my daddy? So my mom and dad were in the back of the house. So I ran back there and I told him, I said, "There's somebody up here want to talk to you." So they got to the door and they introduced themselves. And the guy told my dad, "said Mister Sutton, we want to talk to you about the Green Man." Green Man. What are we going to talk about? Because, see, I love that stuff. I was already into horror. I love horror and sci-fi and so it was like oh wow so this just perked my little bit of years up you know i was the type of kid i'd grab anything i could find to read there's probably stuff i shouldn't have been reading back then <laughs> oh i I, yeah. I had older sisters that had stuff that i probably shouldn't have got my <laughs> on, but i did and um um so anyway i guess i thought well you know it's time for for them to hear it so they set us on the floor in circle and my daddy started telling this incredible story scared me to death scared me to death it ruined my alien movies (laughs) because you know the alien movies started coming out late 50s and so by the late 60s you know they had a few more and so every once in a while they'd pop them on the tv and you'd get to see them and You know, it (laughs) ruined, ruined Anyway, I'd go around around at night and shut all the shades and curtains and doors and everything. Because I was afraid something's going to look in at us. I can't blame you. The following weekend, uh, I guess my dad thought, well, it's time for them to see where all this happened. So the following weekend, he took us to Kelly. And we pulled up there, and the old farmhouse was still setting. It was falling in, but it was still there. Um, the well is still there. It's still there to this day. Then he took us all the way to the back of the field, and there was this big bare spot. Perfect. Oh. That was in like it was like 69. Wow. So that was clear. When he showed us that, that was proof to my little eight nine-year-old brain whatever it was back then that something happened you know when you see something like that and it's something i'll never forget and that's how we found out
0: then you could never look out a window at night ever again and i do not
2: blame you it's (laughs) absolutely not it's better now um but for a long long time it was you know a long, long time. I would never sleep with a curtain open or anything if they had to be closed up. I don't care if I was on a second floor or whatever, but it's better now. It doesn't bother me like it used to. But still, if we're out at night driving or anything, I keep my eyes to the sky <laughs> because you don't know what's up there. Yeah, that's reasonable. Because, yeah, you know, I've had people tell me stories about things that's happened to them, like lights falling on them or seeing lights going down a road in front of them and you know just all kinds of stuff you know like that and it's it's scary to think i kind of thing but it is
0: i've accent. i've seen a couple of lights and i like it they they don't need to get close i'm good with them being up in the sky mm-hmm. and staying in the sky and last winter i was seeing them further away and then they started getting closer Oh. And so there were two red ones right on the road by my house, about only 100 mm-hmm. feet up, maybe. And I managed to get a picture with my phone. And then I thought for a second, why am I here?
2: <laughs> I should go in the house. <laughs> but hey, You can't help yourself. I um, know. Yeah. It's like, you got to um, stare at Yeah, You got to see it. You got to see where it's going to go, what it's going to do. Yeah, what's going to you happen? you're scared, you got to do it. And then,
0: like, your brain catches up with you, and you're like, Man, those are awful close. Oh, wow. what happens if they get closer? And then you think <laughs> the Kelly Green men happened, and then you go, You know what? I don't need to be out here right now. I can watch this from the porch, <laughs> and I can go inside really quick if I have to. Yep. Well,
2: it's, it's, just, it's just weird how things happen because, like I said, I used to close everything up, especially when I was a kid. And I remember one winter, um, of course, the bedroom, I kept the curtains tight, closed. Man, you couldn't see nothing out of them. One night, and I was probably around 12 years old when this happened, going to bed, never, ever, ever ever looked out this window at night. Never. Something made me look out that window that night. I opened up the curtain and up in the sky was this square object. It was square. It was a perfect square with lights around it going real slow across the sky. It's almost like you knew it was there. Now, what made me do that when I never did that before? What made me open that curtain and look? That is strange. Yep. I closed that baby. I went <laughs> to bed. I covered up my head, and I stayed under there all night. And I thought, well, let's see what happens at breakfast next morning because it was a school morning. Got up, got ready for school, went in there breakfast table. I just sat around listening to see if anybody else was gonna say anything. If anybody else seen anything that night because nobody else was scared as I was. Nobody said a word. So I never said anything about seeing that. Never. till you know, I wrote the book. I think I wrote <laughs> it the second book, if I remember right. And, uh, and now I talk about it. But, you know, it's just so weird because I never, ever, ever opened those curtains at night. Never.
1: It's almost like you knew.
2: Mm-hmm. It was like it was beckoning me. Open the curtain look out here and see where we are, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm.
0: That's the thing that pops up in cases sometimes, though, is people start knowing when there's going to be a light in the sky or they go out Mm -hmm. right when or they feel like they ought to look out or open the window or step outside and just look up
1: and they'll be there. That happened to me once or twice. Mm -hmm. That happened to us Christmas night 2019. Yeah. Really, oh, Christmas
0: night when that kicked off all the weird.
1: Which is we why, why we have a, a podcast.
0: podcast. Oh, really? Because so much weird stuff happens in over a short, short period
1: of time. You can tell we're related. We have finished <laughs> each daughter. Episode. We just say the same thing at the same time. So this started in 2019 with you guys. Oh uh, well, the, this newest the, wave. Oh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Wow, but we we um, have cooked Christmas dinner together for like 15 years, and uh, so that night we were cooking Indian food. We decided we were going to have a big Indian feast. So with curry, you got to let it simmer for a while and cook down so mm. that the sauce thickens. So that's what that's where everything was. Everything was ready. It was just simmering. And Morgana was like, Mom, I'm going to go on the back steps and smoke a cigarette. You want to come with me? I said, yeah, sure. As we were walking to the sun porch to go out onto the back steps, in my head, I said to myself, wouldn't it be funny if there was a UFO out there? Oh, gosh. I didn't say it out loud. So we sit on the steps. She lights up a cigarette. I'm looking out to the back hill. We have, we live just sort of just below the top of a hill. It's a, a ridge line. So, um, so we're just below it. And so there's a hill and then there's trees. And of course it's winter. So the trees are, they don't have leaves and I'm looking out there and I see this light and it's really bright and it's moving. And it's moving kind of up and down into and the sides and then it would kind of go in a circle-y thing. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. no I I, that, that's, just, that's just a star. That's just a star. That's not, I, I'm not, I'm not. And then Morgana pipes up with mama. Do you see that that light that's kind of up past that big tree up there? Now, what's interesting is she was actually pointing at a second light that I hadn't noticed. And then I look at where she's pointing and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I said, do you see that? She went, I noticed that one right after you said, oh, yeah, there's two of them. And I said, yeah, there are. And we watched these two lights do all kinds of weird things for what, 45 minutes? thereabouts in chunks i went to get our my little
0: brother at a certain point because one i wanted to see if he also had inherited the seeing weird things trait (laughs) yeah um and he could he saw one that was like a cross made of light that went over the house um my
2: gosh it was a big
0: silver a silver one about went over the house like a silver ball flew over the house pretty low which was around when we were like you know what let's go eat curry
1: (laughs) i bet the rice is done
0: (laughs) let's go inside it's crazy (laughs) and that kicked off the lights in the skies that we both saw a lot of last a while after and then i haven't seen any in a while but i also quit smoking so i haven't been on the back deck quite as much <laughs> at night Well, do y'all live out in the country no we live in a little small town in called athens that's got okay, um, yeah. ohio
1: university yeah i live uh, on the edge of it though huh yes yeah, she lives she lives across the town from me about 5 minutes from where i live yeah um it's interesting. Athens is full of weird things that happen. And that's part of what we cover in the broadcast in the, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had never had that much sort of UFO type activity. It, it had always been very sporadic with us until that Christmas. And you had somebody who said, did you see the lights Christmas night? Yes, I did. So somebody oh, else uh, saw them. Okay, yeah.
0: I, I had a, a friend who asked me, hey, did you see the lights Christmas night too? Because they knew I was into weird stuff. And so I wouldn't be like, what lights? No, ha and laugh, silly person. And I was like, oh my God, you saw them too. And they were like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> wow, that's crazy.
2: So that's yeah. Christmas night, you know, Christmas night with the bin, you know. It was it was very cool. It
0: was UFO star Bethlehem, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Huh?
1: They, they were up there making pretty colors.
2: And Maybe they were celebrating.
0: That's honestly kind of what it looks like because they looked like they were dancing, and it wasn't like they were going somewhere necessarily. Hmm. They were just bobbing around, and the little tiny ones would come out of them and zip around, and then go back in. We all were so, fortunate was,
2: enough to get to see it.
0: Yeah, I know. it we it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and not too menacing. It was just really pretty wow. to watch. Sure
1: that's yeah, like really neat. Huh. So yeah, but that's that's one of the. It's like when you know, why did you open the curtain? Unless mm-hmm. you knew there was something to look at. Kind of like I was like, wouldn't it be funny if there's a UFO?
2: <laughs> oh, you know, huh? oh, oops. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have mm, said that. Yeah. Oh well, it didn't do anything. It was just pretty. No, that's yeah. that's exactly how we Christmas lights. Out. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: yeah, I joked
0: because we put up so many Christmas lights on that house that they could probably see us from space. Well, see, that's what you <laughs> did. You beckoned them, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Quite a few people who heard the story of him said, well, now don't put so many lights on your house. Exactly.
2: Now you'll put more up next year, too. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you can get more this time. (laughs) Or we'll scare Uh, them. I don't know.
1: So, you know, now have you had any other strange experiences yourself?
2: Besides lights? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had, yeah. <laughs> We've had a couple of things happen that's really been weird, weird things. Um, we lived, we live in Brandenburg now, but before we lived here, we lived in Princeton, uh, Kentucky, and uh, lived there for years and years and years. And um, we had a small farm. And um, we didn't have very many neighbors, not close. We had one neighbor up on the hill, and you barely could see them because of all the trees and stuff. And we had woods, 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 woods. I mean, it was woods. We didn't do nothing with it. We just let the place grow. That's what we wanted it for, just to not have anybody build on top of us and just have all this nice, beautiful land. So, anyway... um. At the time, we had this little shop in Princeton. It was a, uh, um, oh, gosh, I can't think. It's one of those shops where you have the sage and what's it called? Uh, a new age. New age. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. New age. I, I couldn't think. Oh, my gosh, my brain's dead. So we had a little new age shop. It was really cool. And we actually had people there that worked. And we had one girl that could talk to dead people. And we had a couple that he could do tarot and and other things. And she could do Reiki. And she was kind of um, a sensitive. She could do sense sense things. So we had this great little thing going on there. Well, one night... um, a little girl that could talk to dead people came over to spend the night with us. And um, so she was sleeping downstairs in the guest room, and we our bedroom was upstairs. Anyway, she said this Indian kept coming to the door. And she said, Okay, just I'll just follow you. So she followed him and she, he took her to our dining room. And the dining room had these huge big windows, and we lived out in the country, and Back then I didn't, I was more braver and I didn't have like big old curtains or shades or anything covering these windows because we lived, there was nobody around us. We didn't, you know, so, but I had pretty things around it, but you could see out the windows. So anyway, she said it, it went right through the window and she went to the windows and looked out and out in the backyard was this band of Indians. She said probably as many as 50 So after that, she went back to bed and didn't bother anymore. So anyway, um, we went to the shop the next day. And when the couple got there, we told them what had happened. And they says, okay, we need to come out and check check your land out. So they came out, walked around, and they said, there's something wrong here. We sent something. Something bad's happened on this land. And we're like, okay. And they said, I keep seeing seeing fire she kept seeing fire and stuff like that and so we're like okay and they said we need to do something about this we need to come bless this land so that weekend they came and brought all their little stuff and set up out there and saged and da 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 and even did blood and all the stuff blessed land had no more problems no more problems that come to find out I think a couple of weeks later I had talked to somebody and found out that the Trail of Tears had went through there ah Indians Um, in fact there are these big mounds back there in the woods nobody could tell us what they were the people that owned the land before us couldn't tell us what they were Um, we never did nothing with them we didn't touch them we knew better And uh, there was even when we went walking back in there one day and found the Indians used to take trees and make them bend and they'd make it turn into a bench type thing. Yeah. Well, there was this one back there that was huge, beautiful. It was perfect. So it's proof the Indians that went through there. Apparently something had happened on that land. Some of them probably had died back when all that was going on. Fire. You know, all of it made perfect sense. But after they blessed the land, we didn't have any more problems. Now, I can't remember if it was before or after that, we did have another incident that was really eerie. Um, Our bedroom was upstairs. We had this big deck that went out, and we had these big French doors. The deck had no steps going up to it at all. You couldn't get up on this thing. It was way high up in the air. So anyway, one night here we are lying in bed, and um, we hear this big pow on that glass door—one of the glass doors—and we turn and we're like, "What the heck?" Well, there wasn't nothing there. We have had a flashlight. Just so happens the bed was setting where my side was. Next to the French doors. I had a French flashlight. I picked it up, shined it, didn't see anything. So we sat there. So just, I mean, three, maybe three to five minutes later. Pow. Well, my husband got up that time, opened up the door, walked out. Wasn't nothing on the deck. Didn't see nothing down there on the ground. Wasn't nothing around there. Okay, so he got back in bed. It wasn't. Three five minutes later, pow! Third time, I'm like, oh my god, I kept thinking I'm gonna look out there and there's gonna be a bigfoot up on the deck. But there's never nothing there. The next day, you know, he gets up, and goes to work. I get up, I get up, and I go look. There was a little snow that had fallen. No tracks in the snow except for cat tracks. Nothing down there on the bottom around the deck. Nothing. Nothing laying around that could have hit the window. Window didn't break. What was it? Well, it wasn't but a couple of weeks later. My husband gets up, goes to work. He had to go to work. He, he goes in early. And I usually go and lay back down because I don't open up the shop till 12. So I went and laid back down. We've got cats. Don't see any of them, but we got a cat. <laughs> there was one behind
1: you just a little bit ago. Yeah. It was a very pretty cat. We had several.
2: And um, anyway, me and the cats go lay back down, get us another hour at least, sleep in. So here we are all laying in the bed. Three taps on the window. Oh, Lord. It, it sounded just like a fingernail. Tap. The cat's ears up looking toward the window. And they sit there for, I know, a good two to three minutes staring at the French doors. It, it happened on the French door. I'm laying there like, what the heck? You know, <laughs> what do you do? I got up. I didn't lay in bed any longer. But there was nothing out there I could see. You Know you could see through the the, yeah. you know, the the glass, there was nothing
0: there. The cats are seeing something, but you're not, and yeah, that's just they're seeing
2: it, but it never happened again.
0: Well, that's something that's good, that's well, good. You know,
2: we never knew what it was, what caused it, why it did it, what you know. There's a
1: a story a friend of ours in Parkersburg, West Virginia told us, and she lives in the country outside of Parkersburg, in the woods. (laughs) They have a balcony with French doors in their bedroom. (laughs) And one night, the same exact thing happened. Really? Yes. And they have weird stuff that happens in their woods a lot and, and they hear screams and growls and all kinds of Bigfoot like stuff out oh, there gosh See, guess- and so when when you said you had the French doors and the balcony and then something's oh. hit the doors mm-hmm. I was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> that's the exact same story so wow. there you go it oh, well, could be well, whatever it is, it's probably not f- solid all the time. <laughs> you think?
2: <laughs> it just... Oh my gosh, it's eerie to hear that somebody else has the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my
1: gosh, she's she's a little bit older than you, but it, it's a
2: very similar sort of. Well, you know, energy. the first thing we thought when that night when something hit that glass, we thought bat a bat hit the glass. But then when it happened, you know,
1: two more times. Again. Well, and they can echolocate. It bounces off a of glass. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not like they don't know it's there. It's solid. Oh. So they, you know, I, it's not that they don't hit glass. They can, but right. it's not like they're going to do it over and over and then disappear. Exactly. And not do it again.
2: Do it three times and not do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's creepy. Plus, you know, like I said, if they, it, they may have fallen. If they had fallen, there would have been some kind of tracking in that snow. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: because or a body it if snow. it had broken its little neck.
2: Yeah. Which yeah. is
0: usually what happens if something hits glass mm-hmm. that also, hard, that hard enough that to make that good. noise.
2: You know, and also, it, it was hitting hard. It was a good, solid hit. And it was amazing that the glass didn't break. But, you know, yeah, double pane glass. I guess it would have been hard to break it, but you know, it's just weird, weird, weird. And see, ooh, I'm getting chills again after thinking about your little. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh, that is, yeah, so that's spooky. Spooky. that is a very spooky story. Mm-hmm. I do miss living in the woods, but then I hear stuff about that, and then I go, oh,
2: maybe I good? don't i do because we now we live in a subdivision here in brandenburg which is really nice but i do i miss the country and i I hear these stories and then i go and watch something stupid on tv like mountain monsters or expedition bigfoot or something like that i I don't live in the woods anymore (laughs) right yeah exactly
0: exactly Like not that we're not gonna go like wander around after this sort of thing (laughs) once we can go outside, but I'm like the least brave of our of our trio on this podcast. (laughs) I'm the one most likely to go, okay, it's time to get out of dodge. Come on, guys.
2: We can I like that kind of stuff because we've been ghost hunting. You know, we've been to Waverly Hills Sanatorium and, you know, places like that and went out to cemeteries in the dark in the middle of the night. You know, like we've done all that stuff. And now it's it's I don't know what it is. It seems more frightening. I don't know if it is because of all the TV shows now and we watch all this mess and it's like, golly, you know, you know, it's just like a show Par- paranormal caught on camera. Have y'all seen that? No, not one, not that and one. My gosh, it's it's actual stuff people catch on camera. And I tell you what, some of the stuff these people catch it's it's frightening, and it makes you think. Oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you now, did you have a any doorbell? You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you have anything happen to you out at Waverly?
2: No, not really. No, we've been four times. Um, it's interesting. It's fun to do. Now, one time when we did go and we went down the death tunnel, um, we were the last ones coming back up, and that was creepy because this is black. You, know, you don't have a flashlight, so you can get back up and step. But I kept feeling like, oof. You know, because we were the last ones coming up, and I kept thinking they better not close those doors on us up there. You know, <laughs> that, that was creepy because I felt like there could have been something behind us, and it could have just been the thought of it. We were the last ones. Yeah,
1: you know, nobody wants to be at the end of the line. That's that's crap.
2: And, uh, <laughs> Well, it really bothers at the time. So, like I said, I think that was our fourth time of being there. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, we went down here three other Yeah. And, you know, when we did the, the the big building part of it, it seemed like, you know, there were times when you did see things move, you know, and that could have been like just the play of the eye. You just don't know. Yeah. But it is a really creepy place and it is fun to go to, you know, get a few friends together and go do it. It is fun. And the, it just you know, cameras and stuff, the batteries do run down. I mean, cause we, we always took extra batteries and it seems like the batteries always just yeah. put brand new batteries in every camera we had and they would still just. Yeah. You know. Now, so something was sucking it. you know? Yeah. The, the, the energy out of the batteries. So there's something there. I really believe it is. And it's gotta be because that's, that's an awful, awful thought. All those people dying there and how they did it in the tunnel and everything. It is. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned Waverly because I was just listening to a friend on a podcast last night and he talked about one of his few um, experiences was there. Really? And, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of weird you said that, and I was oh wow, well. we're having synchronicities tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <Apparently>. We are. <laughs> At least so far, we have no solar storms knocking us off the internet. Knock on wood.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, because that was that was what happened last time we we really?
2: somebody. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: Um. So when you. You you mentioned in the book that you had all of these different people come to you with different theories as to what happened mm-hmm. that night, and there was one person who had the idea of somebody with a projector.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What can you tell that story? Because yeah, yeah I, I don't think that's actually what happened, but I think it's an
2: interesting story. Well, anyway, it couldn't have happened. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, that that's a good one because. Out of the blue one day, I had somebody write me a letter and tell me this happened, and it's like, wow. And I kept in contact with them because I had to to be able to put this in the book, but um, he said this is what happened. He was young. I forget his age. He was just a teenager, not very old. Um, his friend came to school that following week and said that he was the one that did that at Kelly. And he's asking, well, what do you mean? He says, I, I did that at Kelly. He says, what I did was I got a projector and I ran cords, <laughs> extension cords from wherever he ran them from into the woods there on the Sutton farm. And he said, I projected those aliens around the house. Okay. And, you know, I thought, okay, you know, and when you hear stuff, like I get stuff like this. So when you hear stuff like this, you just like, you know, take it with a grain of salt, be kind, thank them ask questions and go on. And so anyway, that couldn't have happened. Number one, if he'd still been out there in the woods, he'd got shot. Yeah. Because they were shooting all around there. Yeah. While the farmer went back in the house in the first place, they'd probably hit him. They'd probably hit the projector. They'd probably hit everything. When the police and the army people and everybody got there, they didn't see any cords running through the farmland or a projector laying around or anything like that. Uh, you know, and this is 1955. <laughs> How in the world could he have projected something so good? You know what I'm saying? So defined and so well done. You know, them coming back, floating on top of the ground, them on the house, them in the tree. You know, it's so fast. When how could he have made a move? Like after they got shot, like they rolled. How did he make them? You know, and when he was telling me this story, I guess he didn't think about all this because he believed his friend. He wholeheartedly believed his friend. He says he was not the type of person to make up stuff.
1: Mm. And I'm like. You know, okay. when I read when I read that, I used to work in a movie theater, and it was it was an old fashioned movie theater. It was an older uh, place. It was actually a series of three theaters in downtown Huntington, West Virginia, and they were old vaudeville theaters before they became movie theaters, and then they became movie theaters, and then you know it, they were dual purpose. You know. So I used to be a projectionist. And in order for a projector to work, you have to project it onto something. Mm -hmm. That's what the screen is for. And if you don't have a flat surface, like if your screen gets, you know, messed up in some way, it distorts the the image. Right. So you can't project it onto a tree because it won't look like anything because there's no surface on the tree that's flat. So I'm like this this guy you know your friend he he's he's a really good he tells a good story but you've never worked with a projector right. to know that that's you just can't do that right. i mean there there are ways to do it but you'd have to hang screens or sheets or something up all over this farm and how you do that and not get noticed and then how that stuff doesn't get noticed when the cops and the army and everybody right. shows up. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It, it just doesn't hold water. And you if, and I don't know how far he ran these extension cords. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, welcome.
1: it's supposed to be, the place is isolated.
2: so Exactly. So where did he run them from in the first place? Um, it had to have been, pretty far off because these farms were uh, they're they were far from each other you know they weren't on top of each other so you know i just think he just wanted to to take you know whatever you know i guess he's one be the big man on the school campus that day i don't know maybe he was trying to uh please a little girl or something. I don't know, but I'm thinking, my goodness, people, people, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a that's not a way to I mean I, I can I can be skeptical about things and I, I can sit and figure out the ways things could be hoaxed, but that's not one of them.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: yeah. My favorite was the secret 3D military gas. Oh yeah. Because if that one, if that's real, I really, really want to know how it works. Yeah.
2: Because if it is real, why haven't they used it since then? Right. That's my question. You know, if there is such a thing, why haven't they used it since then? If it's that good and if it can do something that good, you know, so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think people want to take credit for something get their 15 minutes of fame and they'll just think of different ways to do it. Yeah. yeah. Why not an alien story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can't be proven wrong. They can't be proven right. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Do you know if the bear spot's still there? It's not. Um, we just did a TV show back in... March, we did a new TV show and um, it's on Discovery Plus right now. It's supposed to be on the travel channel, but I guess they're not going to put it on there till all the shows are shown because it just now came out a few weeks ago. But uh, it's called UFO Witness. And um, Ben Hansen came down, he's the host of the show. And we actually went back there in the woods, where because I've actually got a map. And it shows where everything is, and it shows pretty well where the spot was. So he took that and was able to measure it out and go back there in the woods and try to find the spot. And he's pretty sure he found the spot, but it's been sixty-five years. Yeah, sixty-five yeah. years. So it's it's grown up. It's not big trees. It's not. It, it's very thin saplings, you know, it's still not and the people that own this land, haven't done nothing to it. I mean, it's just grow, 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 grow but still, but yeah. it is still very sparse. Yeah. You know, it's not like the rest of the woods. So I guess in this same way, it's still there. It's just not, not as prominent. Yeah. It was back yeah. In 55 or 69. Yeah. So. Be
1: interesting to see if there's a different mineral content or if it's compacted or, yeah, you know, but it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have uh, to take soil samples
2: from around and it. <laughs> and now he uh, had this uh, metal detector where he went around some of the trees to see if he could find any gunmetal where they shot. And so the yeah. trees did show was, it made it go off but it's been 65 years. and There's been hunting through there. Yeah. yeah. So you can't really go by that either. So, yeah.
1: Like I said, I always, I mean, the first time I read it, I was at my grandparents' farm. So I'm out in the, you know, bloody wilderness. I, I spent, <laughs> uh, most of, most of my, my school year was in Charleston, West Virginia, which is the capital city. And it's, it's, it's a city. It's actually kind of urban. And then the rest of the time I spent off and on at my grandparents' farm in the summer. I spent as long there as I possibly could because I loved it. Mm-hmm. But always the first night that I'd spend on the farm, I could never sleep because it was dark. <laughs> yes, <laughs> So dark and so quiet. Yeah. Like I was used to traffic sounds all the time. And all that I would get out there was insect noises and dogs barking. Maybe an and owl. Maybe an owl, no. maybe maybe a fox bark, you know. I but agree. that's it. Yeah, that's it. No 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 traffic, because everybody went to bed around nine o'clock. <laughs> and of course it's super, super dark because nobody has there's no street light lamps out everywhere. So there's no point. Exactly. What are you going to see? You're going to see trees. You're going to see your field. You're going to see your barn. (laughs) You know? So now we did watch for UFOs out there because of Mm -hmm. course there were no, no lights. So you could see really, really well. Yes. And um, we did see some, sometimes out there, saw some lights moving around up in the sky that, you know, my grandfather was, Really into um, engineering and technology, he could build all kinds of stuff. And he would, you know, he'd point out what a satellite looked like because, you know, they go straight and they blink in a pattern. Mm -hmm. And of course, there were hardly ever any um, airplanes flying over because it was West Virginia and nobody's flying over there in the 70s. It wasn't that bad. Was yeah. Jaeger built? Oh, yeah. Jaeger was yeah, there. Jaeger was built when you were a kid and it was there,
0: but that would have...
1: Oh, it was built I'm before thinking I was of born. The
0: yeah. I, I don't know why I asked that. I know when Jaeger Report was built. I had to learn that in school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about where the flight plans would have been in relation to Great Grandpa's farm.
1: We got flown over occasionally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. but not very often. Um... Most traffic went up towards Pittsburgh or would go that we'd get a few flights that crossed over, but the military didn't fly over us. And um, Hmm. most of the flights would come out of Huntington as well. So, yeah, you know why it's called Jaeger Airport, right? It was Hmm. named after Chuck Yeager because he was the only person who liked to, to who liked to land there because the way they built it there's a ridiculous airport it's it's a horrible airport it's awesome it's not horrible it's (laughs) fun if your name's chuck yeager it's great um (laughs) it, it it's a river valley so there's not hardly any flat land now it's a big river so the valley is fairly wide but there was no place to put an airport, so they cut right. off the tops of two mountains, and they filled in in between, really? and made yes, and made some runways. And they've they've recently, like in the past twenty years, added another. They cut off another mountain and filled in between that to make oh, more so of a bigger planes and come in and out. Yeah. And so they when you
0: take off, you just run out a runway, and when you off land off the top of the mountain, <laughs> you just drop in, and it's this weird, like very suddenly. Oh my! Goodness. You have to drop your plane. I think it's fun and cool.
1: Um, it, it is a beautiful sight when you take off and there's no fog because you can look down and see the whole city, oh. you know, right <laughs> under you. But it's also nerve wracking and. uh you know, when they named it after Chuck Yeager, I was happy because I was like, because he's the only person who thinks that's the best place yeah. to yeah. land. <laughs> so, so oh yeah, gosh. Uh, bless Chuck. He, he was an amazing person, but uh, yeah, so that's we didn't have a lot of a lot of, you know airplanes back then going over. So when we saw something strange in the sky, it was right. pretty, yeah, it was pretty obvious. And there were no drones, of course. Right. So,
2: you know, we didn't have to worry about that. Um, that's the problem now And people see things, they're not sure what it is because you've got military, number one, that's trying out new things all the time. Now you got drones. Yeah. I mean, you know, Drones, planes, all the satellites ever. So people just kind of just fluff it off because they think it's something, you know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has to be really weird. Yes.
2: Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: even then, like sometimes I feel like if it's not super weird, and even sometimes if it is weird, you don't know. Like that's why Christmas UFOs—we had to stare at them for a really long time, and the whole time we're watching them, like mom and I were going, "Okay, is this is this a drone? Why or why not?" Right.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the whole time we're discussing it and trying to debunk it is as, as we're watching it. My favorite part of what it would do, what the the lights would do that night is if an airplane we are in a flight path for um Columbus Airport. So yes. stuff goes over Athens constantly. Yeah. So we'd see an airplane start coming into the area where those lights were. And of course you know it's an airplane because it has the FAA strobe light, the white light that bla- yeah. that flashes and then the red and the green. Right. That th- those lights would drop down a little lower and then they would start flashing red and green lights to look like a plane huh. as a plane went by and then when it was out of range it would go back to be in you know whatever color it was being purple at the time, and white wow. and orange uh-huh. and and I was just like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" And she was like, "Yes, I saw
2: that." It was
1: my son was like, "Yeah, Mom, I saw that. I don't really like that at all." It was a peloton that knew what it was doing. It,
0: yeah, and that's they were. It was like they were playing and didn't want to be interrupted or something.
1: That's strange. It was. didn't record it. No. <laughs> no. People. No. <laughs> You know the very first weird UFO I saw in daylight. I had a camera in my hand, and I didn't think to photograph it. You I just stared think. at it. You don't. I just think stared
0: right happen. at it. You
2: don't think?
0: Like I almost think something happens to you because it's like your brain just stops doing things, and you just stare and like take it in, and like you're focused on just looking at this thing. And you don't think I need to take a picture. Oh. You don't necessarily think I need to get out of here. You don't think let me call for somebody or point it out to somebody. You know, my boyfriend's been home in the house and I've been outside and I've seen something. It has never occurred to me to open the screen door or the back door and be like, babes, can come look <laughs> <with me> at <laughs> this thing. Bring the phone. Record this. I've had a phone next to me and not
1: thought. I was just amazed you took that one picture of the. I know.
0: Well, I after having seen stuff and been scolded gently (laughs) for not taking pictures, I was like, "I'm (laughs) getting
2: this one." Uh, The other one. And she did. Morgana. Thank (laughs) you. Were you named from King Arthur? Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Mom named me after King Arthur's half sister. Yes. I always go, "You named me after the bad guy, Ma."
2: Hey, <laughs> no, that—that <know>
1: <laughs> no. that was Mordred. That's different. Well, that's true. Well, she was, she was, she was his aunt. She wasn't always bad. Depends on which version you read. She still is responsible for killing a king. <laughs> she do bad things, yeah.
0: <laughs> which is kind of. Like still like the name though. Yeah, it's it's sort of heavy metal like (laughs) 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 exactly. (laughs) Like except I'm kind of dork and not really that
1: scary, but it's a cool name. It is a cool (laughs) name. Very cool. When I first heard it, I thought, oh wow. (laughs) Yep, that's that's who I named her after. Um and that's my middle name is Adina. Which of course oh. is named after the the Indian mound builders. So cool. That's that's kind of kind of weird. It's a family we name too. Have like,
0: we yeah. have odd names in the family occasionally. Yeah, we either have very normal biblical names or we have like out, completely out of left field.
1: <laughs> Put it there. And the poor child had to grow up in West Virginia with everybody calling <laughs> calling her Morgana, and. Nobody yeah.
0: says it right the first time, and everybody thinks there's only one N. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's fine. <laughs> I'm so used to explaining it at this point. Mm-hmm. And everybody's apologetic. And I'm like, no, dude, literally nobody says it right. Don't feel bad at all. Except
1: the British people. British people <laughs> yes. get it right the yeah, first it, time, it, every it, time. The <laughs>
0: British people I have encountered say it right. More
2: yep. A, and you said it right. Well, I, I know the King, oh, yeah, that's what I love King Arthur, the whole story. I guess I've seen every movie that's come out of it. Which is your yeah. favorite one? Excalibur.
1: Ah, yes!
2: <laughs> that's the Bob's best favorite. one. Yeah, that's the that's best one. Yeah, I've seen it a dozen times. It's the best. <laughs> the yeah. first
0: time I saw it, I was like, Mom, why is Captain Picard in King Arthur? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leah <laughs> <That's really sad. laughs> There's lots of people in that movie that you don't think about, you know, because uh, Gabriel Byrne's in it. Yes. This, he's he's in it. Um, I love and, it. Helen Mirren. Oh, she's amazing. Liam Neeson's in it. Mm-hmm. You don't think like about him being in it. Um, that, In fact, that's where he met Helen Mirren, and then they were a big dating item for a long time oh, I know that that. Did that, but
2: yeah yeah yes yeah, uh-uh. gorgeous in that
1: movie oh amazing she's amazing cool I, is. Yeah, oh yeah i i love her she's one of my favorite actresses um mm-hmm. uh, she's it's funny a friend of mine was talking about when we first met uh your uncle thomas oh um, okay so, I was like,
0: is this one of my uncles or aunts, or is this no. some other friend? No, or, this is, this yeah, is know one of this your uncles.
1: Yes, you know this person. <laughs> okay. So when we first met... He he said something about the charm of making, but he couldn't remember all the words. And I just looked at him and went, "Anal <laughs> nathrak oh, And gosh, he, he was like, <gasps> <geeked." laughs> "He was like, oh, he was like, that's what I decided I really liked you." <laughs>
0: We're all dorks in the family, and I love it. Um, yes, we are
1: totally
0: nerds. Totally well, nerds. Is there anything else anybody wants to cover, talk about, or say?
1: So, you got to talk about the Hopkinsville uh, Festival. Oh, yes. yes. You got to talk about that. Because I think this is great. Because your family got teased about this and, yes. and looked down on and shamed over it. And now look what's happening. Yes.
2: Well, this will be our 11th year. Of course, last year we didn't get to have it. Nobody got to do anything last year. Um, But we do have it every year. We're thinking about, we usually have the third week in August, but we're thinking about changing to September because it's cooler. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on for some reason around that area. There's a lot of things going on that weekend, which doesn't help. So we're thinking about changing it, So, but everybody will know when we do. But anyway, it's a cool little festival. Um, We're thinking about, we usually have it on Friday evening and all day Saturday. We're thinking about changing it to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ooh, Um, awesome. And, you know, we just have cool things. We try to have different things there every year. Uh, It's just a matter of getting it all together. Right now, we're kind of waiting a little bit. To see, you know, how things are going to go. Because you just don't know how this is going to turn. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's cool. We have music. We have stuff for the kids. Of course, vendors galore. Um... We're trying to do little little things different maybe. I'm trying to see about maybe getting a paranormal group there this year to maybe set up a booth and do interviews and talk to people because people love that kind of thing. We might get wrestlers this year. Um, You know, just different stuff. Try to put it up. I'm looking at a puppet group that does puppets to put on a couple of shows on Saturday. And, you know, just different stuff. Keep it entertaining, keep it alive. And that's what we got to do because it's it's. The last year we had it, it kind of got a little boring, but we got to up it some more to keep it going. But it's really great. I mean, it's helped the community. We got a park. They've got one of the biggest playgrounds in Kentucky at Kelly. That's- um, they've been able to build a firehouse. You know, so this is really, you know, this little story that terrified a family back in 1955 and made their lives miserable has now, you know, made something happen for a small community and helped it. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you guys.
1: Thank you. Have a good evening and... We will stay in touch. Yes. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies. And salt across your doorstep. And don't talk to the windigo. Everybody drink! (laughs) you <laughs>